0: Hi,
1: I'm Jill Norton. And hi, I'm Jill Norton. I mean, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm Jay Bonensinger. And, and this, this should, should be, be a podcast. podcast. That was actually not that bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. so
0: Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're
1: back. It's good to be back. It's so
0: good to be back. It
1: is, it is. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. there's so much to Celebrate and and talk about and it's like um, a different universe now. It is. It is. It's so. It's we're a different ma- people. We are. We are.
0: <laughs> we've we come are. out. We've come out the other side <laughs> and we've changed.
1: I'm nervous about like having sex with you because you're oh, we're different God, people.
0: I'm editing it out. <laughs> don't talk about sex. So you know. So what have we been doing? What have What have you been working on? What have you been doing the last couple of months that we've been on?
1: Um, well, I you know I you I mean, act
0: like that was like intentional that we were supposed to be off. <laughs> we were just lazy. <laughs> 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 no, we've been busy. So what are do you well, what doing?
1: Yeah, we've been busy. That's true. But you know, I mean, my my work lifestyle, my 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 work uh, habits have not changed in like forty years. <laughs> I get up. I have coffee. I get all like stoked up on coffee and then i write like 1200 to 1400 words and then i collapse and watch tv and that's like that's all i've been doing during the pandemic is just writing and writing and writing and writing i mean i wrote an entire novel during the pandemic and now i'm almost done with the second one and the pandemic's really still here wouldn't you say i mean we're we're it's almost like we're at the end of the tunnel but the you know the tunnel's like we're still, we're just emerging. Like the light is like really brighter. And but, but he, we haven't, uh, the whole train isn't completely out of the tunnel.
0: Right. It's, I mean, you're, it's at the point where you're either A, just grabbing your mask out of habit and you don't even think about it now, or you just, you forget about it because you just forgot that you're, you're not thinking about it. You know, it's like one of those things where it used to be such a, at the forefront of your mind. And did you bring your mask? Do you have your mask? Yeah. Hey, I, you know, um, and now that's kind of like secondary and also everybody you come in contact with if you're in some situation with them it's are uh, you know i'm double vaccinated i'm totally vaccinated okay i are you comfortable to, you know everybody has, has that conversation and right everybody, everybody takes their masks off and then is you know love love but we were able to have that wonderful um Reunion with your family this weekend for your mom's birthday, and, and have the whole family together for the first time since 2019, and which so many people are doing now, which is relates to my work, which has I've gone from laying in bed, sitting on the couch, doing all my work remote, to I've been <laughs> like going 90 miles an hour for right. the last couple of weeks in my photography and if i if i I was so busy if
1: i was going to invest in any stock which i never will but (laughs) if i was going to i used to but i had no control over it but if i was going to invest in stock i think it would be in the airlines let me explain i think a lot of people are going to go on vacation this summer And a lot of people are going to drive.
0: I'll bet you 12 months ago that you said, if I had had to invest in stock, it it would be Zoom.
1: You're totally correct. (laughs) You're totally correct. And
0: I think you did say that.
1: I don't think Zoom's ever going to go away. I think Zoom is one of those, you know, we've had down through history, we've had innovations that have come into play because of some hardship like the Depression or whatever. But, you know, we've stuck with them. They've they've stayed in our culture. I think Zoom is here to stay. You know, I think the investors in Zoom are gonna do fine. Their stocks are gonna be valued, you know, fine.
0: Zoom or something like Zoom. Yeah. You know.
1: But I think a lot of people have realized, oh, you know what? Even when we're able to get together, this is this is kind of convenient and we can see each other. You know, right. it's becoming the new uh, you know, FaceTime or whatever, you know, right. I just think people find it much easier no matter w- what's going on with, you know, viruses, but, um, but flying, I think a lot of people are going, Hey, let's fly. You know, um, although I did predict that it would very soon become completely like it was before and it hasn't yet, it's still wear a mask. Which I still, you know, I'm about to take my first flight in 18 months. I'm I'm not sure about wearing a mask all three hours of the flight.
0: But, but you know what, I flew and I got to see my mom on Mother's Day, and it was so lovely. It was amazing. Um, but I flew with my mask, and you know, I'm normally so hyper aware of people sneezing and coughing around me in yeah. airports and on planes, and having that mask on i felt kind of like just in general like i should kind of should always be wearing this when i fly yeah know? maybe you're and right and, and and you didn't have to wear it when you were like eating a snack or something and you know so it wasn't it wasn't i think i'm it gonna wasn't awful i
1: think i'm gonna go with the dicky. The di- <laughs> what what isn't that what it is
0: i don't know it just came out of nowhere i'm gonna go with the dicky. well that's i know baby i know what you are mean i mean it just i wasn't prepared <laughs> <laughs>
1: there used to be a band in, in you know, many years ago in the early 80s called the Dickies. They were really good. You know, if anybody's listening out there that has ever heard the Dickies, you know what I'm talking about. They were one of the great early punk pop you know bands. I think without the Dickies, there wouldn't be any like Green Day. They were they were like really fun, or or Blink One Eighty Two. They 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 really and you know were one of the they're the first. They were the first, I think. I'm sure we're gonna get many letters. Okay, I st- I I have to say I love doing these podcasts mostly because I love hanging out with you and doing something creative with you. Um, I still don't really know what I'm doing. I have to confess that to the audience. I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I mean, a podcast is like a fascinating thing to me. I just got my hair cut and I was saying to the the stylist, you know, Oh, have you ever heard... Who because you're never
0: seen again. <laughs> I've heard way too she many... She flirted with things. me. I've heard way too many good things about her in the last hour. <laughs> she
1: flirted with hour. me. But, um, you know, she was saying... Uh, You know, she loves, yeah, you know, she loves serial killer stories. She loves, I think, I think the way she worded it was she loves serial killers, which I'm not sure that's exactly what she meant, but I, I knew what she meant, obviously, because my wife loves serial killers. too.
0: (laughs) We tend to make that mistake from time to time. (laughs) Right.
1: And, and, you know, serial killers are part of my job, (laughs) but, you know, she, she hadn't heard of, of my favorite murder. So I, I was just like, oh my God, well, it's a podcast, I I almost said that apologetically, but I think podcasts now are are becoming, you know, a very legitimate medium, and and many people, you know, create...
0: I mean, I I think becoming is long past.
1: Okay, but I I still, you know, personally, that, you know, when I mentioned it today to the stylist, it was almost apologetic. I'm like, it's not a movie, it's not, you know, uh, a book. It's not a play it's a podcast it's all you know there's something about podcasts
0: because I was kind of a late bloomer as well and when I was you know it was kind of you know it was probably a year and a half before pandemic but I hadn't listened to any podcasts and I, well, it, I never had time to, and I didn't have a situation where I could because yeah. I couldn't work and listen to something right. at the same time. And you time. didn't,
1: you didn't, dr- you didn't commute. Right. Like I think commuters have, right. commuters have put podcasts on the map right. in a way. But right, but um, then,
0: but then I listened to um, oh, serial, well, yeah, serial, serial. So that was I, I listened to that. Terrific. and that, that sucked me in. They're going to look then, at yeah. And then, I heard, and then someone I don't know who told me about my favorite murder, and I listened to that at work, and I was. I mean, I told everyone that right. I told Amy. I told <laughs> like then it just started everything. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I guess I'm I'm for my own purposes for my my own aesthetic. I'm, I'm looking for the sweet spot, which I will say we we hit some sometimes we I've I've hit, I've felt we have hit the sweet spot, but some of the times we don't. You know, sometimes they're too short, they're too long, they're too this, they're too that. But uh, I think I, the the whole reason I bring this up is I think in the future, podcasts will be as uh, pervasive as books and film, and I think podcasts are going to become they right now they're a DIY they're they're like they're like this weirdly democratic medium that has a bunch of DIY you know you do it yourself people like us muddying the waters with our <laughs> with our with our <laughs> you know our narcissistic little rants and then these super professional ones like you know you know people from from CNN that you know get a lot of money to put one together and it has you know original it yeah, has music that goes da 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 da
0: da. We da, have We n- <laughs> so. we we have music though, and it, ours isn't just like narcissistic. I mean, you offer a, 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 um, I mean, I just talk, but you have a story to tell. You actually read, and you read really cool, and it's like an entertainment. And, Aww, and then we discuss. That's really sweet of you, and we you know hopefully stir up people having a conversation about something, and we we're you know we've funny banter and Frida (laughs) from time to time gets involved Um, but you know well I think I want to kind of steer us back a little bit to where we've where we've been and where we are right now and like we have been going out with friends and just like appreciating all these things that we've missed for so long and it's spring it's summer officially you know we're doing the yard we've been outside in the back and done the garden and Just seeing our friends hugging again, and it's just been lovely. It's been joyous. It's been 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 like hugging like extra long, and just you know sitting with people and just going, "This is awesome," and and doing nothing. (laughs) You know, and I'll
1: just add to that: it's it's simple pleasures, right? Simple pleasures. That that's you know joyful is just to hug somebody and, and and plant something in the ground, and right.
0: But I think that's one thing that i hope most people got out of the whole pandemic was realizing these things that we took for granted yeah that were just things that were part of our life and sometimes we even were like oh i don't feel like going out tonight oh i don't want to go you know i'm sick of going out to dinner whatever and all of a sudden it's like oh my god i can't go out to dinner with my friends i can't go to a restaurant i can't and now, just to do those things, and just seeing people again, talking to people in person, and going over to Ashley and Amy's apartment, and, you know, I, just everything. It's yeah. so much fun, and it's so cool, and it doesn't need to be some big extravaganza evening. It's just simple.
1: Right. And and that, that night you're talking about, which was uh, a couple of weekends ago, was the first time we had really sort of gotten together with... Another couple and gone out to dinner and... And, and we did with uh, Don
0: and Siri too. The night before Mother's Day when...
1: Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. But, this, but this was the first time, just a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, we, we went out to dinner. We had, like, a, just a, a really fun night out where we Ubered and we went out to dinner and then we went to their place and right. had cocktails and right. told stories and listened to music and everything. It was really a classic... A night out, which we hadn't had right. in, in my opinion, in like in eighteen months, <laughs> you know, uh, which, uh, in
0: your opinion, <laughs> well, in my opinion,
1: <laughs> but it 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 does it does speak to um a a really fascinating subject, I think, and I'm giving you credit for coming up with the subject to talk about, which is happiness. Yes. I, I think that's a brilliant subject for a podcast. And m- m- some uh, of the aspects of it are not exactly positive. Some, some are uh, complex. Like, I, I do think that happiness is so a Rorschach test. People, all everybody, has a different view of what happiness is, and right. you know. Um,
0: and the reason that we're even talking about it is because in the last, I don't know, two months, we've taught we. It's just come up. So many times and we've gotten into so many conversations about it and every time we do we actually have the this should be a podcast Yeah To the point where I start taking notes and And then I say let's stop talking about it because we'll talk about it then Right and we've talked about it with friends and um yeah, it is. It's like there's so many levels of discussion about it um, in terms of it's different for everybody. And sometimes people look at it as something they don't have or they don't know what it is or they feel like they, you know, uh, it has a different meaning for everybody. So
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw the baby right at you and <laughs> ask you, um, do you know what I'm referring to? Uh
0: Throwing a baby at me is like I gotta catch it.
1: Well, there was a, there was a, the, a a policeman caught a baby like a, a couple of days ago. It was in the news. There were there were like somebody was I can't remember I don't remember all the details of it. All I remember is oh my god I gotta use this somewhere. That's one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard, and it's a true story. Like there were. Bank robbers or, or people, you know, robbing a store or something and they grabbed a car and they had a baby in it and and they threw the baby at the cops. Literally. Did you hear this story? No. They threw the baby at the cops and the cop caught it.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. It's it's a true story. I mean it's you can see video of it online.
0: I saw a video of a cop getting a, getting a large drink cup off the snout of a skunk. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was trying to get it off without it spraying it, and everybody was watching, and it was like, come on, try to get the thing off. As just, people do.
1: I've yeah. tried to do that before, and it's yeah. really yeah. difficult.
0: Yeah. Poor, poor little skunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... What I mean about throwing the baby is I'm 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 throwing the baby at you. Meaning I'm gonna just just come out and ask you uh, the main question of our podcast, which is what is happiness to you?
0: Uh, to me, it is uh, gratitude for what what I have in front of me, and not something that I don't have or that I wish I had, or. Um, you know it's it's being grateful that I'm even alive. it's you know it's it's looking around me and just you know and appreciating. And also to me, it is being aware if something if I'm not happy, that I figure out why and I make a change and not sit around and bitch about it and complain or yeah be sad. that's so true of but you. i but i i immediately know like okay this isn't working i need to do this to, and i do and that's how i've lived my adult life and sometimes it's taken a little longer than others but you know but i feel like i've done it all the way that i would do it again so i've always been pretty happy
1: <laughs> yeah, if I can just add that you work hard at it. You you you, you make sacrifices. You you know what makes you happy. And it, sometimes it takes a, a, a lot of work. It takes a lot of, like, you know, dedication. You have to have a work ethic, you know, to be happy.
0: You know, it's funny you're saying that. And lately I have been so aware of, um, because that's true. what You've said that in my life, especially in the last... Decade, or even before, especially before the, you know, my 40s, my 30s and 40s, you know, that I hustled, I worked so hard, and I do, and I have two full-time jobs. But lately, um, you know, a little bit pre-pandemic, but especially now, I am learning how to say no, and not take on Extra jobs, and sometimes I'll get re- requests for work, and I'll either push it way off, say I'm booked, I can't do it until next month, because I'm appreciating my downtime. I'm aware of my level of being overwhelmed, and I don't want to get there. So, uh, trying to balance where I am with Northwestern and my photography, and and having a life and being at home with right. you and being able to enjoy hanging because that's one thing i learned to appreciate mm-hmm.
1: balance yeah balance, you're saying right exactly balance
0: right right, and knowing but knowing what's important yeah so yeah yeah uh, yeah so i, I mean feel like, i feel like that's what i'm doing now so so what i strive for and what i did to be a happy person at one point in my life is not the same thing as what it is now
1: well, I I don't know if you if you remember the scene in the movie uh, the world according to Garp because I don't think you've read the book. Have you read the book? No. Because it's it's also in the book, but in the in the world according to Garp, Garp after he's grown up and he's married and had kids and he has a family and he loves to cook. And he's a writer, so he's home all the time, and he loves his kids, and he plays with his kids, and he has his best friend there, who you know, Roberta Muldoon, who's the, you know, trans, you know, football player. And he, he just loves his life. And he, and he says to his wife when she comes home from school, because she's a teacher, he goes, Do you, Have you ever had a day, just one day, where your whole life is encapsulated in that one day, and it's lovely? It's everything you love. It's cooking for your kids. It's writing your pages. It's playing with your best friend. It's having a glass of wine with your wife when she comes home from school. And it's all in that one day is Is happiness. For you. What does is, what is your day look like? The ultimate day that is your happiness, your happy place. Are
0: you asking me or is this part of I'm the I'm asking movie? you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't
1: know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the movie was just oh, you know, it's a way to look at a single day. I thought it was a very beautiful sentiment. Uh, John Irving, you know, the original writer of the world, according to GARP, which is one of the greatest books ever written, in my opinion. It's better than half of Dickens' books. It's an amazing book.
0: You know, I, <laughs> I, I can't really answer that because I have a lot of different kinds of days. You know, obviously, I have a day. Well, what
1: does happiness look like to you? Just take a day. What does it look like?
0: Well, obviously, you know, a day, a Sunday where we sleep in. Yeah. And you yeah. go make us a big brunch. And then we come down and watch Bill Maher and just do whatever. If it's cloudy, rainy, we watch movies. Or we go ride a bike or go do something come back, make dinner, just totally chill and do nothing and just hang out together. So that obviously is just a lovely, easy day. Um, But I love days that I end up working in my studio. Those are always fun because I'm always so, I'm very happy working in my studio lately i'm back at northwestern and i'm in this new office that i'm setting up and that's making me happy you know i'm really kind of like this is cool this is a cool thing to start setting up and getting ready for fall and it's actually turning into something and it's i get to be part of that creation of it and what it's going to be and so that's making me happy and my students make me happy and seeing my friends you know i mean i i i mean that's the point every day makes me happy yeah I mean some days I'm gonna be stressed and annoyed by at people for sure but um,
1: yeah I I mean I I know you very well I think I can claim (laughs) and you're you are a very happy person I I, so am I I I, you know I think I'll just still just lay it out there I'm happy are
0: you happy tell us why you're happy
1: I think it's do you think it's boring to hear somebody say they're happy it can be boring. Like it reminds me of that scene in Broadcast News where um, William Hurt says the, car- the William Hurt character says, uh, "What do you do when your 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 life has exceeded your dreams?" And Albert Brooks says, "You keep it to yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Which actually brings me to what happiness is to me. Yes, ha- happiness. What is
0: happiness to you.
1: It's it's. It's loving somebody and being loved back. That's what happiness is to me. The great thing in my life right now is that I have found a person who I adore and seems to think I'm okay at the same time. So that's what happiness is to me. You don't have to be exactly the same person. (laughs) You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be perfect but to me happiness is you know having somebody that that you love and you are comfortable confident that they love you Uh you know what I mean in in fact 26 years ago (laughs) I wrote this story I was invited to submit a story to this this book Barnes Noble used to, they don't, I'm not, I'm not sure they do anymore, I don't think they do, but Barnes Noble used to, used to publish these books, 100 Horror Stories, or, you know, 100 Stories, you know, to, uh, you know, tell around the campfire, and, and this is one called 100 Vicious Little Vampire Stories, and (laughs) at the time I was obsessed with vampires, and, um you know, I wrote this story and it's really, I was thinking about happiness and this story kind of, it kind of encapsulates the idea of happiness and loving somebody and being loved by them in a really twisted, (laughs) crazy way that, that, that a horror writer would think up. But I think and also, when you're a writer, you know, things that you wrote 26 years ago, you think of as juvenilia, naive, you know. But I still, I still uh, love this story for reasons I can't even explain. And also, it has very primitive views of computers, <laughs> digital
0: <laughs> <Your caveat>. <laughs>
1: devices. <laughs> yeah. But just remember, it was written in, like, 1994. <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, I thought I would read this because this this really is it is in a very twisted way about happiness and about finding uh, someone to love who loves you back. So, this is the need for Janie. Jewel found another victim around nine o'clock Monday night. There, lower right, dark hair, Jewel pointed a slender fingertip with chipped black polish at the glowing cameo at the bottom of the monitor. The Macintosh had been dissolving from one earnest young mugshot to another for over an hour now, with no results. Jewel had been close to giving up, but now, all at once, she found herself staring at the cathode likeness of another lady killer. I think we have a spark, the saleswoman said, eyes twinkling, sugary smile creasing her dimples. She turned to her computer fanfold and thumbed through the data for a moment. A plump woman in her early thirties, with big hair and big makeup. The saleswoman had agreed to keep video matchmakers open well past closing time for Jewel to make her selection. Here we are, the saleswoman said, finally locating the entry. Name's Alex Nunnally, box number 23. Jewel watched the saleswoman climb out of her swivel and go over to the wall. There were columns of videos racked along the stucco panels. Neon hearts and Kmart glamour shots festooned the adjacent walls. Gauzy, beefcake-smiling singles. Dating game schmaltz. It made Jewel want to puke. Jewel watched Miss Big Hair select the appropriate cassette, turn back to the conference table, and present the video like it was some kind of an award. "'Here's Mr. Alex Nunnally! You can get acquainted in booth number three. The saleswoman pointed through an archway at a row of cubicles. "'Happy hunting!' she winked. "'Yeah, (laughs) thanks,' Jewel muttered. She got up, went into booth number three, put the cassette in the machine, pressed play, and waited for the snow to go away. Barely out of her teens... Whip smart and sullen as a monk, Jewel was wearing the standard garb, spandex flayed open by razors, camo pants, and Doc Martens. Her head was shaved to the nubs on one side, the other side a brilliant purple. Delicate little black filaments of human bones twined down each arm, the tattoos terminating in matching skulls and crossbones on each wrist. Only her face, pale as porcelain, and innocent as a Raphael cherub, belied her grim get-up. Jewel had been using various video dating services as a method for choosing victims ever since she'd become a vampire. It was a highly effective way to pinpoint the right type of victim, the red-blooded misogynist, the kind of man Jewel hated the most drop-dead gorgeous hunks, often attorneys, usually alumni of major college fraternities, often the possessors of too much money, horsepower, testosterone, and time on their hands. Their blood was always rich and blue and tasted of expensive dope. They deserved to be slain and drained and pissed away, and Jewel was just the woman to do it. The picture flickered to life. Yeah, uh, hello. (laughs) Hi. The man on the TV was murmuring, looking morosely into the lens as if facing a shooting squad. He wore a tattered black shirt buttoned up to the collar. His face was subtly different on video, darker, maybe even a little tormented. Uh, name's Alex... Uh, I'm a photographer, live alone. I like music, I guess. I don't know. Goth rock, Nine Inch Nails, ministry, stuff like that. Uh, Favorite photographers, Diane Arvis, Mapplethorpe. Favorite color, of course, black. Jewel poked the pause button. Her throat had gone dry and her heart was beating all of a sudden. She had never been wrong about a man before. Never. But now, it looked as though her record was coming to a shattering end. This guy wasn't even remotely like her other victims. This guy was almost okay. And that bothered Jewel more than anything else, like chopper gunners and NOM, who dehumanized their earthbound targets in order to sleep at night, Jewel had dehumanized her victims, called them bleeders, or wigglers, or shriekers, but this guy... this guy was actually... interesting. She couldn't resist letting it play some more. Yeah, I'm a, i I'm a little embarrassed, you know, about this whole, uh... video dating thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of screwing this thing up. Okay, anyway. I'm a night owl. I like the solitude, I guess. I don't know. I had a pretty crappy childhood, but, you know. I get lonely sometimes. Late at night. Jewel slammed the pause button again. This was no good. This, 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 This was no good at all. This guy wasn't good for killing. This guy was positively cool jewel fished in her pocket for a merit pulled one out and noticed her hand was shaking was it the craving was it the need or was it because this alex guy was almost attractive to her she felt like smashing her boot through the TV, like ripping the circuitry out with her teeth, like torching this whole fucking neon hearts and Barbie and Ken building to the ground. Instead, she pressed play again and watched the somber young man twisting on his stool. <laughs> is, this, is this sounding pathetic? I, I always sound pathetic when I talk about myself. I'm, I'm sure you've probably turned this tape off by now, whoever you are, but any, anyway, if, if there's anybody who wants to just, I don't know, you know, hang out, you could call me or whatever, or not. Jewel punched Eject. The tape rattled for a moment, then spat out of the slot. Jewel ripped it out of the machine and carried it back out into the main room. Well, do we have a verdict? Miss Big Hair was over by the tape cases standing behind a push sweeper batting her eyelashes with saleswoman of the month anticipation. Y- you know what? This was a, this was this was, a, this was a mistake. Jewel handed the cassette back to Big Hair. Oh. Big Hair was crushed. You're not interested, huh? He's 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 not really he's not my Jewel paused for a moment. She felt the hot wire in her spine seething, the acid gathering in her mouth. Across the room, beyond the hearts and photographs, through a narrow window, a thin crescent moon rose like a silver suture in the sky. It made Jewel's stomach tighten. The need was upon her. Jewel turned back to the saleswoman and looked at the cassette licking her lips and deliberating as if standing at the threshold of a banquet table. You know, maybe a phone call wouldn't hurt. Miss Big Hair smiled. Bainbury Street was a carnival midway. Arc lights slashed the cool air along the neon facades of bars and after-hours clubs. Street musicians shrilled, and the nameless night-crawlers huddled in doorways, queuing in sheaths of monoxide and smoke. A dirty mist had fallen earlier in the evening, and now the streets and sidewalks were streaked with dirty rainbows. Jewel navigated the promenade like a shark, in black leather, always moving and scanning and hating. She met Alex Nunnally in the deserted bar- rear section of a place called No Exit. He was sitting in a booth, haloed by the blue fog of a Sherman, half-empty cognac in front of him, head cocked at a weird angle, eyes Closed, he seemed to be receiving subsonic signals from the beatbox thunder in the other room. When Jewel appeared next to the booth, he looked up and, and he got all wide-eyed. Oh, hi. You're, you're, you're the one. I mean, I mean, you're, you're the woman who called. He stammered, motioning at the opposite bench. Sit down, please. H- have a seat. Jewel sat. I usually don't do this. She lied. The dating service thing, I mean. Yeah, you and me both. He pointed at his drink. Get you something? Burgundy. They ordered the drinks and did the routine talked the small talk, went through the motions, what Jewel did for a living, where Alex was born, where Jewel went to school, how many brothers or sisters, favorite bands, isn't it a shame about Kurt Cobain, isn't the price of good weed outrageous, did you see porno for pyros on their last tour, whatever happened to blah, 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 blah. Then Jewel saw the man smile. I know what you mean about that dating place, Alex Nunnally said, and for the first time that night, he grinned his crooked, lazy grin, and all of a sudden, everything changed for Jewel. The way the man's eyes narrowed and shimmered, the way his head bowed slightly, the painful shyness melting away momentarily, it was a beautiful thing to behold. I felt like a, I don't know, like a rube on some sleazy game show, he continued. Like I was doomed to live the rest of eternity in some kind of television purgatory. Jewel laughed in spite of her hunger. Tell me about it. I felt like any moment the ghost of Bert Convy was going to jump out and stick a microphone up my ass. Alex laughed. But it was a flinty, weary laugh, and Jewel could smell the pain behind it. The pain and the loneliness and the black despair. She wondered if his blood would taste of antidepressants. "'Tell me, Alex,' she finally said after the laughter shriveled away. "'You you come to places like this very often?' Alex glanced across the blue haze of the club. There were cliques hunkered in various corners, giggling, drinking, and trading intimacies. A few of the more intoxicated souls were stumbling around the strobe-lashed dance floor, diving off the stage onto one another as the industrial grind went on, endlessly churning and hissing. After a moment, Alex turned back to Jewel and said, I despise these places. I know what you mean, Jewel told him. Killing this poor soul was going to be difficult, very difficult. For once in her life, Jewel was actually feeling vaguely attracted to a man. A man. The same gender that had abused her as a little girl, forcing her down into the cellar of her foster home, making her do unspeakable things in the dark, turning her psyche into a brittle funhouse of shattered mirrors. The same gender that had picked her up along a deserted stretch of the Tyrolean highway during a European visit three endless summers ago, taking her high into the Corinthian Alps, sucking her dry as a ruin, infecting her. The same gender. She had dedicated her eternal unlife to devouring a goddamned man. My place, Jewel enunciated so that Alex could hear her over the dim. It's over by the canal, not far from here. He looked up at her for a moment like a man trying to read a subtitle. You You want me to... you you and me? Come on. They left the bar and headed east on foot. The night was a dark, cold wave cresting over the tops of the tenements. The air smelled of cordite and the hot metallic melange drifting up from the steelworks south of the city. Jewel and Alex walked briskly, faces downturned, hands in their pockets, their bootsteps echoed like horses' hooves. It's it's just up ahead, Jewel informed him, right around the corner. She was trembling now, but it was more than the need, worming in her belly. It was a realization, radiating outward from her stony heart, warming her bitter blood. The notion swelled encephalitically in her brain, and she caught herself thinking the unthinkable. A companion. Perhaps this was the way to put a salve on her lonely existence. It would be so easy to transform him just as she had been transformed. A simple nip, a break in the skin, a trading of the cursed bodily fluids. And he would bring the one thing she could never in all her immortal rage and unearthly power find in this world. He would bring her love. (laughs) Home sweet home, she muttered, fumbling through her key outside a Victorian flat. Her hands were palsied with tension. She got the outer door open and she took him up a flight of stairs to her meager little studio. Inside the apartment the air was fetid and clammy, like the inside of a refrigerator that had been turned off for a few days. Jewel rarely kept blood in her place, as other vampires often did, but she occasionally brought up a small animal, a cat or a possum, from which she could harvest blood for weeks. She liked to keep the thermostat at about 60 to prevent rotting. Yeah, uh, uh, make yourself comfortable, she said, and turned on the overheads. Cool, fluorescent light spilled across a narrow room, cluttered with broken-down antiques, audio equipment, and stacks upon stacks of rare books. One of the few advantages to being undead was that you had plenty of time to read. I'll put on some music, Jewel said going over to the stereo. Alex huddled in the foyer, his eyes on the floor, looking exceedingly sheepish. Jewel opened the CD cabinet and selected a disc by throbbing gristle. Plucking the silver wafer from its box, she knelt down by the player and shoved the disc home. Her gums were starting to sting her stomach tightening. The need was blooming inside her, a black flower opening, and she did not want Alex to see her eyes changing. Sudden music leapt from the speakers, a tidal wave of feedback. Jewel went over to Alex. Care to dance? She said, and wrapped her painted arms around him. This was going to be much more than some messy evisceration in some anonymous sewer tunnel. This was going to be unprecedented. Jewel's first keeper. They swam across the floor to the surge of the music, the squeal of electric guitars. Jewel could feel the stirring of his heart beneath hers, the faint shiver of his hands on her back. She closed her eyes and let the change rise up in her. It came like a jackal in her chest, bifurcating her vision, splitting her soft palate down the middle and extruding two large white thorns from the roof of her mouth. She was about to pierce the pale flesh above Alex's carotid artery when two needle-sharp incisors struck the cool skin of her own neck. Pain howled inside her, the shock swirling through her neck and her chest. She instinctively pulled away, strands of blood and saliva threaded off her mouth, off his chin a cat's cradle of sticky spoor between them. She stared at him. His soulless, pupilless eyes stared back at her. His fangs were already fully protracted. Two obscene tusks. But his expression was pure shock, his face colouring with humiliation. "'I'm sorry,' he said. "'I didn't know you were—' "'Bastard!' she lunged at him. "'Their bodies collided and went sprawling to the floor, "'knocking over an Edwardian bookcase, "'glass shattered and volumes rained down on them "'as they rolled and struggled across the hardwood. Jewel dug her nails into his neck.' Hissing feral bursts, spraying bloody saliva. Alex countered with inhuman strength. Wriggling out of her grasp, he lifted her and tossed her across the room as a petulant child might toss a rag doll. She landed on a white The the hutch collapsed on impact, sending shards of wood and glass across the room. Jewel tumbled to the floor. The engine inside her was revving madly threatening to burn out it it isn't my fault alex hollered at her struggling to his feet fault jewel shook off the pain and stood up on wobbly knees her fangs were aching the need twisting inside her like razors you don't get it do you she said She was speckled with blood now, her own blood, Alex's blood. She took a step toward him, tears burning her eyes, her first tears ever. You just don't fucking get it! Wait, wait! Alex started to say something else. Jewel swung at him. The blow struck Alex in the jaw, whiplashing him backward. He hit the wall hard, framed lithographs, toppled and dust puffed from the cracked plaster. Alex howled, the sound of his voice, a hellish, ululating roar. Jewel lunged at him again, their bodies tangled and slammed against the wall. Jewel's growl was not of this earth. I was going to turn you. Their eyes locked. All at once, an ancient process, a process that had mesmerized so many victims, began to take hold of the mesmerizers. Jewel gasped. She felt a tingling at the base of her spine, a light headedness wash over her and a syrupy, sensual feeling slithering through her midbrain. The sensations poured out of Alec's eyes. Jewel sent them right back at him. But just as the twin hypnotic glares seemed to coalesce between them like a glass cocoon, Jewel absorbed one final truth. An unexpected truth. It came on a wave of voices, strangled voices, a child's anguished pleas and the angry reproachments of drunken step-parents, a metal rod across a boy's bare ass, nylon cord drawn tight around his wrists, cigarette burns and fumbling fingers pulling down his little trousers, a wave of memories coming from him ugly horrible memories buried deep in alex nunley's fractured consciousness and soon soon jewel knew the real common bond between the two creatures a bond that would tie them for eternity their faces came together then and they did what came unnaturally jewel was the first to tap an artery Alex following close on her heels. Razor canines plunged home, yellowed, elongated fingernails digging in, inhumanly strong arms locking and embracing, clinging, holding desperately tight. But there was something distinctly new now about this clinch, something neither Jewel nor Alex had ever experienced, consummating itself In their mutual siphoning, the wonderful endless transfusing, for better or for worse, in the name of all dark gods, forever and ever. Sometime later, they sat at their breakfast table, as the last light of day swirled down the drain outside the apartment. They sat together, eating their breakfast, quite content. Alex was reading the village voice and nursing a goblet of Cabernet. Jewel was smoking a lime-green Sherman and gazing out across the balcony at the serpentine lights below. She was smiling wistfully. For the first time in either of their miserable unlives, they were full of cold, empty peace. They were happy, and behind them, in the nursery, at the end of the hallway, the children of a new order slept in shadows. Oh. <laughs> That was crazy. <laughs> but you see why I chose Ryan. it for the happiness thing?
0: Yeah, I do. Because I,
1: I, I, I wrote that many years ago, but I, I always go back to it and I'm like, that's kind of a metaphor for finding your true love. Finding somebody who's your match. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. That was that was great. <laughs> I love it. Do you realize you. that in there is a word undead?
1: Isn't that crazy? Which is your
0: little tag. Stay that's undead. That's how you t- sign. I know. Items. I know. That's so funny. <laughs>
1: it's all like circular. Right. <laughs> it all comes back. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Wow. Well, that was very cool. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you. I, mean, I when, love you. When you went. <laughs> You're my vampire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you, um, like, you know, when Alex, you uh, bites her like that was like oh, oh my right. god i was not expecting that oh really that was, that's cool that that's
1: was, good that was my big 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 that was the big twist yeah that was, great. That was my big twist yeah
0: <laughs> like i thought she was just gonna have this like i can't do it moment and you know she was gonna realize that she she really liked him right and, you know like i thought that. well i
1: i just be- i thought you know the 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 greatest twists are the twists where you go yeah of course of course he would be the only one she would go okay, this guy is kind of attractive to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> that was my thinking right. at least.
0: But then also I was sitting here going like, okay, what does happen if a, if a vampire gets bitten? Like what? <laughs> like I just thought, like what is something going to happen to her? Right. Is she okay? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> clearly, clearly she's fine. <laughs> anyway, so... Getting back to it, were there any other thoughts about happiness that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, not to state the obvious, but (laughs) happiness is a state of mind. You can't, it's not like a, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but, you know, I think it, it warrants a mention in our podcast, is that happiness cannot be found in material things, it can't be found in, you know success. I know some of the most successful people I know are super unhappy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, It's, it's about, it's a state of mind. It's where you go, okay, I really feel good right now. I'm happy, you know.
0: Right. But I have, I have to say something because I thought I was thinking about that, about the material things, you know, because obviously, you know, that's you know material things you can fill your life with this and that in the car or whatever it's not going to make you happy but i have to say that like you know some things do make you happy i mean they're, yeah. they're usually connected to something right but like this pink Couch makes me happy, you know. Right, right. My little kid right, car makes me happy. Right, right. A gift from someone makes yeah, you happy. Yeah, yeah. A book makes me happy. I think it's this, you know. It is yeah. so, so there's something attached to the thing, and it's not just like buying. Something there you go. That's just for I was, the sake of buying something. I
1: was just going to say right. that some some things come with a context, right? That makes you happy,
0: right? You know, like I, I totally you give agree with me that. Or something, yeah.
1: When I was a kid, I wanted a. Red silver tone electric guitar. Right. And I, I like, used to. I feel like
0: that's come up before. <laughs> it has come up <laughs> in our podcast? Yeah. Oh, has it really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, my grandpa, you know, I, I used to cut them out of the Wards, Montgomery Wards catalog, and put them up on my bulletin board. And I had like dozens of these electric guitars pinned up on my bulletin board. And one time, my grandfather, my mother's dad, was, was visiting Grandpa Bud. <laughs> he comes into my room and he's like i don't think i've ever been in this room wow this is cool this is like you know that, those weren't his words i mean he probably said wow this is the cat's meow this is the <laughs> bee's knees and and so but he, he looks over at the he looks over at the <laughs> board, and he's looking at it for a long time he doesn't say anything then i overhear him later i swear to god this happened i overhear him later and he's like he says to my mom you got to get that kid an electric guitar, okay? It's it's getting a little sad. He's got—I counted like forty-two on his bulletin board. You got you got to get him an electric. Guitar. And sure enough, that Christmas, I get up in the morning and it's under the tree—that little silver tone guitar. Aww. <laughs> no, that was happiness. You know, I mean, when you're a kid, you're a little sort of materialistic and, right. you know, but still. You got to want something to be happy right. I think.
0: I think I think probably, you know, it was a pretty you know, universal thing that happened with a lot of people was, you know, just sitting on your couch ordering shit. <laughs> you know like just going on to amazon (laughs) like uh, you know getting like oh my god i love those earrings (laughs) or like something popping up on instagram like that bathing suit's super cool like i want to get you know i i mean stuff i think people ordered a lot of stuff just because it was like you know, it was the only f- fun thing you could do. Like you couldn't go shopping, you couldn't go. <laughs> so I think, you know, the Amazon trucks were all over the place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I think you know there there, there uh, There's this great
0: and and they have the little smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 there, there's
1: there's this this great writer Richard Price, and he he once said um you know a writer is a very, is is a hard person to live with because they're only truly happy and i think he, i don't think he used the word happy but i am translating what he said but he i think he used this they only truly feel truly alive but he meant happy when they're alone and the writing is coming and it's cooking and you're like fuck this is happening man this is and i i i've experienced that feeling before and it is Like a, it's better than heroin. It's it's better than anything because you feel your purpose, you're you're doing it, and God is imbuing you with this somehow this gift, and you're putting it on paper, and it's being recorded, you know, on paper, and it's it's really so. I that's I wanted to ask you that that's why. Do you feel that happiness when you are shooting something? You're a photographer. You're a great photographer. I've always, you know, totally admired you. You know whether you you blew me off and never married me, I would still admire you. I always wondered is does is that happiness to you too when you're you blew you off?
0: I stalked you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if. Okay.
1: So do you feel that way when you're when you're shooting something and it's cooking and you know you're getting amazing shit and you're like I love what I do, you know, you and know it what? may when... all be unconscious, but subconscious. You, so subconscious, yeah, <laughs> um, but do you feel that? that uh, you know what? When, when
0: I'm, I know what you're talking about. When I'm shooting, uh, I'm so into what I'm shooting that I'm. That's all I'm thinking about. But when I'm editing. And I see the photos on my screen, especially like after an event or like the shoots that I just did. That I was like looking at those pictures of that girl that behind that mural. And like when I see that, yeah, that's when I'm like, wow. And I feel like I feel joy. Like oh, this is so cool. Yeah. You know? And you know, and I feel joy when I have a um, a hyper aware moment of you know just putting the key into my studio and being like, I have a photo studio. Right, (laughs) right, right. That
1: makes, yeah, that makes you happy. You know,
0: I just like, I have to take, when I take stock of that and just think, how weird is that? Like, I just picture, like, suddenly I just do a quick, you know, inventory of like myself, like from the age of 18 and thinking now that person has a photo studio that they've had for 15 years, you know?
1: Yeah, and like it's got my name
0: on it, and how fucking cool is that? So yeah, I mean, so that that makes me happy. It
1: it, in a strange way, you remind me of my uncle Joe, who was sort of the patriarch of my dad's side of the family, and he always loved what he did. He always was so passionate about it, even when he was in his nineties, he still loved. One time, I when I was going to uh, Michigan State. And I was uh, like a senior at Michigan State. We would have these uh, blues and jazz festivals, and my uncle had a big band in the in the '30s. And as you can see right there, I'm pointing to. it's here some. There it is. <laughs> I knew it was here somewhere. There's a poster of my Uncle Joe's band band lobby card. We'll put but, it on Instagram. Yeah, let's put it on there. But he, you know, he uh, one time I had him, I had him speak. On a Sunday morning during a, a, a blues and jazz festival, because I just thought, oh my God, he was a band leader. He 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 he'll be great, you know. And he was so proud, and he he and he was such a cute little man. He was he he came right after he went to. He always loved McDonald's, and he went to McDonald's for egg McMuffin that morning before he came to the show. And he had his he had his milk his milkshake or his coke or whatever the hell he, the drink was. And he was explaining to the crowd about Guy Lombardo. And some of the listeners may be going, who the hell is Guy Lombardo? <laughs> you know, he, but he, Guy Lombardo was sort of the champagne music maker. And he was known for, you know, "Old Lang Syne at New Year's Eve. And he, to this day, everybody plays Guy Lombardo's version of "Old Lang Syne at New Year's Eve. And then he started talking about... Um, uh, um, what is the guy? Oh my God! Now I'm forgetting the guy's name. It doesn't matter. He there was uh, uh, there was a guy on TV who was uh, like Guy Lombardo, and he, but he had a TV show, and he he had he had a bubble machine. And my uh, this goes back to happiness. And my my um, Lawrence Welk. All right. Have you ever heard of Lawrence Welk? Of course, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence Welk. He had a bubble machine, you know. Right. And my my. Uh, <laughs> My uncle, who was ninety-two at the time, he's like he had a bubble machine. He had a bubble, and I I just loved having him talk to all these like hipster bohemians right. at Michigan State. And he goes, it and it and it was just like, well, it it it, well, it sounded and it looked a little something like this. And he took his 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 drink, and he goes, <sighs> he blows into it and makes the bubbles, and he puts it near the mine. and I'm like. This guy's 92 and he loves his life. He
0: yeah. he
1: has loved being a band leader. Everything he's done. He started a TV network. He he lo- you know right. and I was like that's the secret to happiness is to love what you do. That's why he lived to like age 97. Right. You well, know.
0: Right. I mean it's what you love what you do but it's also it doesn't have to be that. It can be love your life and love what you're like um, I mean, you're reminding me of my Aunt Helen, who at 90, I don't know, 94 or whatever, her little uh, retirement home that she was in, they had a trip to Israel where they could be bar and bat mitzvahed. And so she went to Israel That's and got Mitzvah. She was like, it was like on 2020 or something. <laughs> and she That's awesome. and they get to they went and floated in the Dead Sea. Oh my! God. So there's this so scene cool. in 2020, and she's like in her bathing suit. Oh my! And God. there's like this Israeli lifeguard who's like you know 17 helping her, and she's like <laughs> flirting with the lifeguard. <laughs> That's, oh my That's God. happiness. That's happiness. Oh, but I think. <laughs> You know, just loving your life at whatever point yeah. you're at, and loving your life. If it's what you do, if it's just what you have, it's what you around you, the people who are around you. It's it's different I mean, for everybody.
1: You know, I I love, I love my life. My happiness is in this little house that we rent. You know, because, you know, yeah, there's all these things wrong with it, and it's old, and the windows don't work anymore, and the you know this doesn't work, and that doesn't anymore.
0: work. anymore. <laughs> they ever yeah, they, work? They
1: they never work. They'd never, you're work. saying. <laughs> but but you know, like that's happiness to me. When you wake up in the morning. <laughs> when, sorry, when the
0: screensaver <laughs> just came up on my computer, and it has like the depression. word of the day, and the word came think, up
1: depression. I think the computer is getting <laughs> sick. Pathetic. Of, pathetic.
0: <laughs> that's the next word?
1: I think the computer's getting sick of our syrupy, you know, happy, happy in, place.
0: Indifferent. <laughs> I think it's like EVPs. Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. Finish your. Point. No,
1: but that's 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 another thing. You know, th- this there's a spirit in this little house that we rent. It's always felt like so. Benign, maybe even benevolent. Just there's a good, you know, there's a
0: good vibe in. This yeah, house.
1: there's a good vibe in this house, even though it drives us crazy because it's so old. It was built in like the teens, and it's never been modernized. But it's just a cozy little house that we rent and everything. That's that's the thing. I think that's happiness for a lot of people is simplicity, simplifying, you know, your life, doing what you love, being loved, loving and simplifying like you know to me that's the essence of happiness if you you know i feel like i have that you know in my life you know even though i work in a crazy business i work in show business and it's i'll take
0: it a step further yeah uh and i think it's loving yourself
1: oh my god that's so true that's so true i
0: think you you have to love learn to love yourself
1: that's so true
0: enough to know that you deserve what's around you, um, enough to be able to see what's around you and and accept it. And I think that's so true. And I, you know, I think a lot of people aren't happy because they don't see what's around them and they are striving for something that they think that they need to get to, or they think that happiness is this when they don't realize that, you know, um, Anyway, I, like I, I, you're, and, and you're, also you're, like, you know, parents wanting their children to be happy and making them miserable because they think this is happy and their children think something else is happy. And, yeah. you know, uh,
1: I think you're really hitting on on something everybody is wrestling with today in the world with, you know, rampant uh, bullying on on social media absolutely. and everything. And it's like it's like people have a hard time being themselves right like loving themselves everybody has the you know i i'm not saying i'm you know immune to it i'm part of it myself i you know anybody that's that's an author or a filmmaker uh, or a screenwriter in today's world is is so dependent upon imdb and reviews online and you know it's like that it's like that uh
0: what's movie
1: chef Right. You know, you know. Every, what's IMDb?
0: Oh, IMDb. I IM... thought you said I am DB, and I'm like, what's DB?
1: I think it's Internet. Uh, You're inter... not hearing me. What? What? IMDb? Like IMDb? Right. And I kept saying, just what's just call DB? me DB.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but what does it stand for? Internet. I don't know. It's movie your... database. It's your people. Inter Internet Movie Database. Although what I think I'm in it. Of course you are. <laughs>
0: You're in everything. I think I did still photography for my friend
1: Mike. You're a goddess. You are. Your tentacles cover everything. But but I, another thing that I thought of about what you know happiness when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was like, you know, happiness. It, it does speak to being on your deathbed, and what do you think about when you look back at your life? You know what I mean. Like happiness is like. The people that are that are uh, you know serene on their deathbed, like I'm ready to go, are to me are people that have a lot of relationships, a lot of loving relationships. Because if if you have a lot of loving relationships, you feel like you've you've you you have a place in people's hearts. Right. So you can't ever really leave. You know you can go. But these people will hold you in their hearts. Right. I, that sounds so cheesy as I say it, but, you know.
0: No, but also. I, I mean it. <laughs> right. But again, it also, you know, goes with, I feel like to have those loving relationships, a big part of that is loving yourself. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, you, I don't, I, you're, you're totally spot on. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can truly love somebody else if you don't love yourself.
0: Right. Although you mentioned bullying. I want to read that quote from that Jennifer Weiner story.
1: Oh, that's a great idea.
0: Okay, it's this article in Elle magazine from the May issue. And it's by the amazing author Jennifer Weiner called Surviving the Mean Girls. And it's just a great article about being bullied. And I totally just recognized it and, you know, identified with it. But at the last line of it or not the last line but one of the last lines um but it just got me and i just thought i would share it because it was so so powerful but it said and maybe some hurt girls never get over it but maybe those wounds become our superpowers and i i mean there's more to that but that just made me so beautiful our wound those wounds become our superpowers i just thought was so cool and and i and i feel that you know i feel like i survived high school and mean girls and and you know uh and it did it made me so much stronger and so much more able to deal with shitty people and know to deal know who i wanted to surround myself with and to shut out negative energy and negative people and not let that stuff in and um yeah i feel like anyway I don't know. I don't know if it's connected to anything, but that it's we're connected about. to
1: a lot. That's 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 a great place to, you know, wrap up the whole idea of happiness is that, you know nobody goes through life feeling total happiness every day of, of their life. Happiness comes from honoring the sadness. Yes. And that's just what to me, that's what that says. You know, um, that me, you know, I feel that way in my love for you that I, I've been sort of hoping and dreaming of having somebody like you.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, you know, that's why I stalked you in the grocery store. All right. You always make me look bad because you bring it up before I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. I think well that was done. good. I think well we, done. I think we got that happy yeah, in this conversation. Yeah, yeah out of our definitely. System. Definitely. And um, yeah. And uh, it's
1: it's very apropos for where the whole world is at right now, trying to come out of the COVID.
0: Yeah.
1: What? <laughs> I'm going to play this. This is the, my mom just left me a message while we were recording our thing, and it's probably hilarious. <laughs>
0: I called Todd You know Todd He's a friend of yours How on earth I dialed his number You suppose my little kooky cell phone uh, Dialed you Oh shit I gotta get a new phone (laughs) This is gonna be the new The new project baby All right. Disregard any mother call I love you dearly You and your darling wife and I can't tell you that enough. So now I've gotta try again to call Todd. I'm sure I dialed his number yeah. unless I'm loosen it and I completely I'm long gone. So anyway, bye bye, disregard this call. Delete me, delete me, delete me. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was <so> awesome. <laughs> Oh my That's God. my mom. I think that should be like our closing. <laughs> that should topic.
1: be our like theme song. Our
0: close out. <laughs> <Right>. Delete. <laughs> delete. <laughs> disregard. Disregard. Here's four minutes of me saying wrong number. Sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Well, with that. We bid do. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Thank you for bringing happiness to me.
0: Thank you for bringing happiness to me. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The music for this should be a podcast is Close Shave by The Riptones.
1: And like everything good, it's available on Spotify.